0: Oh, Hey, there you are. Welcome back. Episode six, Mirza Bagovich, part two, stay tuned. To live terminally, a podcast about changing your mindset and rediscovering life, Who is your inspiration as a child.
1: So when I was really little, my biggest inspiration was Bruce Lee. No way. To the point where I would where I took my grandma's broom um, and I (laughs) sawed it in half, the wooden part. I took a bicycle chain or some kind of a chain laying in the garage, and I nailed it to the side of the you know to make some nunchucks. So, so yeah, early on as a kid, yeah, I was really drawn to the martial arts. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I never really participated in martial arts. just due to the fact that I I was moving around all the time. And I did judo briefly in Germany for like a few months before we left. But I think earlier on, that's not musical, just in general inspiration uh, would be Mm -hmm. like, you know, martial arts, but it's like Bruce Lee or even, um, what's the other actor name from from Bloodsport? Um, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Even, and then even, um, chuck norris and he was huge in germany so uh, really so, so yeah absolutely uh, that was my like there's just something i was just drawn to like these people that have like i think it was this whole they've dedicated their time to a craft and now they're these masters yeah. and it's like beyond belief like whoa like how how can somebody be that well fluent in in that in that sense it was martial arts but yeah, so that's that, that's kind of like your my generic answer as far as like being a little kid, but like a little more on a deeper, like a little more important level. Uh, my I didn't have like any crazy heroes like that I could really think of, but like my mom is definitely a hero of mine, you know, you know, losing her husband, um, you know, leaving home, for, you know, taking her kids to different countries, starting life over yeah um, so like yeah, so like my mom is like the true number
0: one hero uh,
1: that how, I could how ever old have was
0: she when when you guys had to she sleep was Bosnia
1: like my age, like 37 36, oh. 37 my parents were yeah, I mean not young God. but not old, you know, just you know living life, starting our yeah, life I'm with kids go ahead and, and say and that's young, me. yeah,
0: wow, yeah, so Man, it was, what a strong woman.
1: Absolutely. She, she still is. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. I'm, uh, yeah, that's amazing. So who would you, do you have any current inspirations? Anyone that you listen to for, you know, hey, I need some, I need some, some, you know, some source who, who, who who's your current inspiration?
1: Um, like musically or just anything in general
0: just anything because I, I think it translates um, I think martial arts translates to music
1: I think so too just the discipline factor of it um,
0: plus it's very the fact, eloquent yeah, or it's eloquent.
1: eloquent it is as brutal as it can seem there is technique and um, oh, there's something, something beautiful about high stakes you know art in real time um, there's something dangerous mm-hmm. and yet exciting and amazing about, you know, seeing others perform it. Uh, That is exciting. But as far as inspirations that I go to, um, I really do like the Andrew Huberman uh, podcast. That's something I really kind of put on because I, you know, I've dealt with some health conditions uh, of my own as as of the last uh, couple of years. And I've always been kind of health conscious um, mm-hmm. I didn't start like working out until like my later twenties and I, that's something I wish I would have kind of done earlier, but you know, I've, I've, learned a lot since then. So I'm always mm-hmm. fascinated by the human body, how it functions, uh, how can I, mm-hmm. how, how I can optimize myself and my thinking and my body and my thoughts. So, um, yeah. I'm really keen on doing things that are in your control. Yeah. maximizing sleep maximizing food maximizing exercise before trying all their other alternatives that are there may be deemed easier or helpful yeah. you know <laughs>
0: huberman you're talking you're referring to the huberman lab right
1: the huberman lab yes
0: andrew huberman yes yeah, yeah. excellent podcast
1: on the back out the on
0: some serious science there yeah i okay. do listen to him fairly often i have a hour to hour and a half commute each way every day. And so I, I, I listen to Huberman Lab quite often, especially on a topic that I'm interested in. And he's a fascinating dude, super fascinating.
1: Not only we, is he fascinating, but to the, talk about- the, the, the material he's just putting out is just mind-blowing that the fact that it's free and the fact that it's everything is archived. you like, you can go on the website, you know, to plug them. <laughs> uh, you can yeah. go on the website and search anything that you're interested in and it will all be organized. And uh, I think it's just uh, always been fascinating with the human body and the human mind and mm-hmm. kind of manipulating those things and seeing like, Hey, if I don't eat this for my breakfast, what will my body composition be in the week? Or, you know, stupid things that I, I like to do experiments on myself, um, health wise
0: comes back to that discipline <laughs> another another one you should check out is called um, nutritionfacts.org they have a podcast as well that's really fascinating if you're into the science regarding mm-hmm. you know nutrition and diet and your body I, I i really enjoy that one as well let's talk about tone field what do you do there Like you you come up with some crazy ideas and create some really interesting tools um, for creating music, at least that I've never seen. How do you think of the things that you do and take me through a a day of, you know, of Tonefield?
1: Yeah. So for me, ever since I have resigned from my teaching career as of last year, um, and started uh, started school full time for the PTA uh, prereqs. Um, I need obviously I, I can't just you know not work and and pay bills and and whatnot. Um, so I've done Tonefield for for many years since two thousand fourteen, and Tonefield was born out of the you know that was when my first child was born, two thousand fourteen, which you know. I knew the idea of playing music uh, or practicing music uh, would be a, would be problematic you know with the kids sleeping and being having lack of sleep and a lack of routine and music is all about having a steady routine if you want to see progress yeah. um, so I knew i I kind of anticipated, I was like I'm gonna go crazy if I don't have an outlet you know yeah. uh, being at home you know being uh, doing what I need to do with my family. So Tonefield was kind of the birth of the idea of I need to have a creative outlet or something.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, So I stumbled upon uh, pedal building. It's something I've been wanting to do for a while. I eventually learned how to do it. And now Tonefield is a full-time gig for me. That's how I make ends meet. You know, it's not, not rich from it, but it's, you know, that's what I do every day. Besides studying when I'm studying and family when I'm doing family stuff. And that's what I do every day. I wake up every morning, get in my garage, which you see right here. Um, And then, excuse the noise. And then I'll, you know, I'll craft some weird stuff with um, cassette players. Um, So where do I get the ideas for it? Uh, I can't claim they're all my original ideas. Um, There's a lot of resources that are out there, whether it's online or YouTube. Um, I take ideas from all over the place um, and Mm -hmm. I kind of just let it marinate and I think, you know, what could I do to improve it? What could I do to make it different? Um, How can I, what would I do where I would want to use it, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's that's where the tone field stuff is for me. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's great that I can pay, you know, pay my bills, you know, short term wise as of now, or maybe even long term wise. you never know, you don't. um, you don't know. Boutique pedals um, are,
0: uh, you know, people love them.
1: Right. So it's, it's been honestly been really great. Um, you know, shipping off stuff to different parts of the world, people messaging you, telling you how oh, amazing the, you know, whatever you created for them is how much, you know, they're getting enjoyment out of it. Um, so yeah, it's Tomefield is another way for me to release creative, you know, energy and thought. And I think I, before I build something I do, I really just think about a lot of these things in my head before making something, you know, I think about the practicality of it, the usage of it, how it would be used, like how it would be wired, how it would be created. And then I start, and then I just start going at it. And then it's kind of like creating music. I I don't, I have certain parameters in place, sort of, like a starting point, but I kind of go on the fly, you know, creativity-wise with those as well, whether it's aesthetic-wise or not placement-wise or what the effect does or how can I tweak the tone of the certain effect or a pedal. So a lot of little details go in, go into it. Yeah. And I just, I just enjoy that creative control, you know, that I can have.
0: I know the night that I met you when we played a show together in Tampa, we were talking about it and you mentioned that you had created a um, delay paddle with a slider instead of a knob. Right. So, so you could control it with your foot on the fly while you're playing. Mm-hmm. And I just remember my mind just going <laughs> why isn't every delay pedal with a slider instead of a knob? I'll Maybe tell you there's why. There's some out there. Why is that?
1: I'll tell you why. Because it's 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 a little bit pricier to get machines to machine those slots. Uh, it's a little bit uh, more. It, it costs a little bit more to do those CNC machines and get them precise on there. And versus drilling gotcha. the holes is a lot easier. You get your holes pre-drilled, and it's, it's like assembly line. It's a little bit easier do and another reason gotcha. is mounting the slider you know you're gonna have people who are gonna use their feet on it so like warranty wise or something like that i could see certain reasons why some that makes most sense. companies have maybe haven't jumped on it there's there's a few now that are starting to use sliders but like my inspiration came from the old ecoplex uh, delay machines where mm. they have a giant slider on them mm-hmm. Um and it's just the coolest thing ever just being able to go seamlessly go from you know Self-oscillating and then just boom, slowing down the time, and it's just yeah. a cool effect. And it really is. And I was like, why don't I just try to put a slider on it? And I have a good friend of mine who's really good, like hands-on stuff and machining stuff. And I'm not cranking on crazy numbers, so I can work with a smaller batch of uh, pedals And I just mm-hmm. went for it. and I was like, this is a great substitute for your regular, you know, time pot on a delight pedal.
0: Well, next time you do a batch of those, let me know because I gotta grab one. <laughs> I'll keep you in I uh, I did snatch an overdrive pedal from you a number of years ago, and it's That's on my right. board right now. It's number two in line, second to fuzz. Which maybe I don't know. Maybe it needs to be before the fuzz. I don't know. You tell me. You're the you're the tone <sighs> genius. There's no rules. But I mean, God, I that
1: pedal it. is such a gnarly loud pedal that um maybe placing it after the fuzz might be kind of cool and running the gain a little bit lower so that you're pushing the yeah. fuzz into it but there's no rules i mean you can try it first and or second
0: if it, um, that thing is hot man and actually it's pretty much aside from delays and the reverbs that's pretty much the only pedal i I mean, that's, that's my jam, is that pedal. Dude, it's that's it. awesome. It's man. awesome. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah,
1: I was going to say, I do a lot of tweaking on it too, like not only just with the circuit, but also other unconventional ways of making sure that the tone is, it sounds a little more three-dimensional, just your overall tone. There's something juicy. like once you unplug it and use it, you're like, eh, you're missing this tactile thing. And I kind of have devoured, learned these techniques. Through a good mm-hmm. friend, um how to manipulate tone and, and improve those you know parameters on anything really. It could be a pedal, it could be a guitar, anything really.
0: Hmm. I find that amazing. That stuff is like way above my head. Knowing what you know now. What would you implore on your younger self with all the wisdom you've gained? After the the tragedy that you've had to live through, pre tragedy, Mirza, what would you want him to know?
1: I would let him know that not to put all your eggs in one basket. That would be number one. Um, Hmm. Have multiple interests. And, you know, I know a lot Hmm. of people say be a master of one. Um, and that's that's great too. But I feel for my for me, I would say, don't put your eggs all in one basket. Put them in different baskets because you never know uh, what opportunities maybe or or <clears throat> what pathways those could unlock. Versus being so stuck on like for me earlier on, it was like you're gonna be a musician and that's you're gonna be a music teacher and that's that's it. You know, that's your career or whatever it could be. Um, so I would say, you know, branch out into many areas and, and also not so much my seven year old self. Cause at seven years old, you're going to do what your seven year old is going to want to do. And those are important. True. Um, but I would maybe of like my twenties, I would say there's a lot of time, to- a lot of waste of time. Um, when I look back mm. on it, I was like, man, I wish I was utilizing my time a little bit more aggressively. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's what I'm learning in my 30s and my late 30s. I was like, man, especially when you have kids or responsibilities, you're like, man, I wish I had the time for this. And those are amazing too, because now you're forced also to use your hour to the best of your ability.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Sometimes when you are free to, to do something for the whole day, yeah. sometimes you don't utilize that time to the best unless you were like, man, I have an hour to myself at the end of the night. I have to utilize that and not have it go to waste. So I would tell my 20-year-old self is don't waste time on things that are not helping you grow. So I would spend less time like, like playing video games or something or, or watching shows or just sitting around. Like, if, I, like I was just, if I'm sitting around longer than 30 minutes, I'm like, it's just bad. So yeah. I would, that would be my biggest time is yeah. short and it happens quick it is. and tomorrow's not guaranteed. Um, Absolutely so I would not. say learn skills, learn things that will enrich yourself and also do things that you never thought you would want to do. You, you would ever do. Like don't box yourself in and be like, well, that's, that's like, I can only play the guitar because that's, what i've been told or that's what i felt felt like or i decided for myself at that moment it's like don't don't limit yourself in these weird premeditative artificial things that are happening in between your head so that would be the big one don't waste time don't sit around challenge yourself learn something new every day um even as small as it is even if it's frustrating and and you get it wrong. I've learned my most from making pedals, for example, that have not worked and, mm. and making it again and not working and being like, why is it not working? And, you know, hoping that it would have worked. And now you, like, you feel like you wasted four hours of your day because you, you built it for four hours and now that's gone and it's not working. But you can learn from those, uh, you know, experiences and moments to to get better. And that's how I've learned. All the electronic stuff that I do know that I'm doing now is I didn't I didn't have anybody, I didn't go to a class or you know, I mean I had resources to ask people for guide for guidance and help, and but it was mostly trial and error, like this doesn't work. Let's figure Just out why throw it's it not in working. The fire. Yeah, and that's that would be my biggest advice. Just throw yourself in the fire. Don't yeah. screw your ego, uh, screw your feelings. Um, feel like the worst person at something. Uh, because one day you might, you might be a little bit better.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. That's how I've been with this podcast. It's been a little freaky and I was just like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going for it. We're going to do this. Oh,
1: that's another one. Um, Just, just do, just put Mm -hmm. it out, just create. Sitting around thinking, man, I got to get better as a musician so I can create that album with the songs that I want to convey. You, you just have to, that's you just have to put it out. Like write something tonight and put it on, you know, Facebook or YouTube, and you're like, "Hey, this is what I made." And you might get feedback. You might not get feedback, but you'll. I think you'll learn from the time constraint. of like, I'm putting something out now, whether I like it or not. Yeah. And some most yeah, a lot of the no, stuff that good. I put out, I have I felt like I didn't like. But just like you, will maybe you'll feel with this podcast, you'll look back on a ten podcast from now and be like, "Man, I, I could have done this." Better or whatever, but it's, you're, you know, but it's, it's, that's, that's how you get better by just doing like
0: action mm-hmm.
1: breeds other actions,
0: <laughs> you yeah, know, or perfection,
1: <laughs> not even perfection, but it just breeds Actually. more, more movement, the more movement you have, you oh, don't, yeah, 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 you're, you're just, you're keeping the wheels spinning and you're not necessarily thinking, oh, yeah. I got to get to it. You just, you just put in the coal in that, that train and you're just moving. And you're moving and you're just like, I don't know where we're going, I, but we're moving forward at least,
0: you know? Absolutely. I tell patients this all the time that, and you will too, actually, this is right up your alley here in the future. But if, if you stop moving, you stop moving and you're dying. A lot
1: of the, you're slowly dying. You know, those, Yeah.
0: Yeah. You're absolutely, you're, you're, you're done. And, um, I mean, that's, that translates across anything. You know, you stop moving, you stop moving. And, uh, but yeah, my bent on this podcast is, you know, life is short and live every day to your fullest, you know, Um, live every day as if it was your last. Because I've, I've had to, with patients and family members and not quite as tragically as you, but I've had to stare at death in the face, you know, almost daily. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like even today, I had a patient come in, he was a, he comes in weekly and he, um, jokingly, I said to him, you feed a cat once, you know, like, you know, he just keeps showing back up on my doorstep. Super nice guy. And then he drops on me. I have stage four liver cancer. It's spread to my, my ribs. And, um, proceeds to tell me how he was told that he was, had, um, 18 months to live over the phone while he's in the car. And, you know, I hear that daily and I, it's, you know, I think it's probably starting to affect me in a little bit in, in an anxious way, Mm -hmm. but life is short, Mm -hmm. you know, life is rich and there's so much to do and explore and to see and so many people to talk to and conversations and relationships what are some of the biggest things that you've valued in your life with all the, the tragedy and all the you know the, the winds like what are the biggest things in your life that you just like wow you're going to get to your deathbed and you're like, man, that was, that was so good.
1: I think once I started having kids, that's where for me, it was like, that's my compass, you know, it would be nice to travel the world. It would be amazing to be a musician and travel the world, you know, whatever grandiose thing that you think you need Mm -hmm. to see externally. But for me, like my kids, like the fact that they are here and, um where like my wife and I are able to provide for them f- to have a life that we both didn't. Um, mm-hmm. so for me, as long as that is taken care of and experiencing joy from their point of view, I really I really feel like I'm not really missing out on any other opportunity. Hmm. Like I'm really not. I'm that not missing joy. the opportunity that I'm not going to create another pedal, or or you know, miss an opportunity to play music, or all of those things are in a kind of a way luxurious things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't necessarily need those things to survive. They yeah. they definitely decorate your being, your life. Those definitely um, enhance your um, to you know your time on earth. And I enjoy doing those things. But for me, my kids is what, where I get my joy. Um, you know, seeing them being happy. And I'm sure you will see that too. When like once your your child is a little bit older and you experience their joy, uh, whether it's like tonight, like we we fixed um, the water heater and we had a giant box. So I went upstairs, you know, it was a huge box, almost like the size of me cut out a door in it, made a fort out of it. covered the blankets and couldn't wait for my son to come home to see the surprise of a fort (laughs) that I had made. Um, That's awesome. So moments like that, like to me, those are, that's, to me, that is life. Like those connections. Obviously other experiences are great, like friends and, and, you know, memories, you know, or seeing things. But I think they just get way more enhanced when you're experiencing with your own mm-hmm. half of your own self, and you know, in a little form, and that's kind of yeah. kind of exciting because, like, long after I'm gone, they're they're gonna be moving forward, mm-hmm. and so for me, that's kind of like the most like my like my compass. Like, yeah, yeah, you could go skydiving, yeah, it would be awesome to go on a cruise a European cruise or Alaskan cruise or whatever live in a whatever you you can glamorize, but eventually all those things you get used to, you know mm-hmm. if you if that was the that that was the solution to life, you would have all these people with money and celebrities that they would they would be normal people. They won't be as crazy huh. as the stuff that is happening. You know, Yeah, that's... I think you hit a certain threshold financially, maybe where uh-huh. you it, it, it kind of doesn't break that barrier anymore of happiness or, or contentment, you know? So for me, having my kids be happy, healthy needs taken care of, everything else is a side bonus. Like, like what else could I really, really want in life? I know it's not that, the, probably the answer you want it to hear creatively, but no, no, no,
0: um, no, I'm, I, I'm not, I think creatives think, I, mean, I identify with creatives. And I also think that creative people view the world differently. And so that's one of the reasons why I'm interviewing creatives. I'm also interviewing cancer patients and, hmm. um, just everyday people as well. But, um, No, that's what I, I want to know why people wake up, why they, you know, life is not just mundane, you know, what makes you tick so that maybe someone who's listening or myself can have a, you know, a check, you know, get, get in check and like, Hey, you need to change your attitude or you need to change your outlook, um, and start living, you know, um, so yeah. that, that's a perfect answer.
1: Absolutely. But I, I want to follow it
0: with, sure. I wanted to follow it with, do you think there's a degree and not to keep going there, I, I certainly don't mean to dig up any, um, past pains. No, it's, um,
1: it's all good.
0: but I, there's something so real and human in your story. Do you think that part of your, your kids being your everything is the youth you didn't get that was stolen from you
1: yeah absolutely like the metal detector i never had as a kid that I always wanted i got to relive that with my son you know mm-hmm. um just like having a you know like a dad like being able to you know go have lunch with my daughter at at you know second grade on fridays mm-hmm you know, being able to do those things that I have never had the opportunity to have due to my circumstance and my dad being killed and all that stuff, you know, leaving with just like a single mom. So yeah, it's being able to do those things is kind of reliving it from a different perspective. Like, oh man, this would be, this is what I could have had maybe, you know, this is what I was stolen. Um, Mm -hmm. to have the privilege of having those moments with my dad and not having those experiences and will never will. And I've come to those, I've come to that, not conclusion, but that not the comfort, not comfort, but peace at a very young age that I was like, this, this is just how it is. Like I will never in my lifetime experience this. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I'm not a very spiritual person. I mean, I don't know what happens when we die. Um, but I do know this reality. And, and at nine years, like seven, eight years old, I've come to a very realization like this is for the rest of my life, I will never have this opportunity to grow with both my parents, you know, or, or my yeah. dad. Um, so, yeah, li- reliving it with through my kids has been phenomenal it's almost i want to say it's even better hmm. because as an adult you yeah you have all these more complex thinking and appreciation and um it's so much better like that metal mm-hmm. detector that i wanted as a kid to go exploring is mm-hmm. so much better than doing it with my son yeah or or going yeah. for monster hunts in our park and getting scared the crap out of and running away from the, from the giant, you know, hole in the in the ground is. Is this at night? Sometimes. Yeah. We'll go looking for owls and monsters and I'll take a photo and I'll Photoshop some red eyes and be like, look,
0: <laughs> that's hilarious. And
1: just creating those memories and terrifying memories. But it's, you know, it's fun memories. And it's something that I'm like, man, this is, this is what I would have enjoyed as a kid.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, um, that's good.
1: And that's what both my kids, you know, they're both they're both my kids and they're both unique in their own ways. There's at at times polar opposites and Mm -hmm. just unique little beings that I see myself and my wife and, you know, and life is a lot better. Anytime you're like, man, I'm missing out or I could be this or it's just think like the the position that we're in right now, the fact that we can (laughs) run our fancy devices, you know, able to Mm -hmm. verbalize how mundane our works or our lives could be when, we have the ability to sit around to think how mundane and and boring some some of those things in life are mm-hmm. and I think that's just with life in general like you're gonna have mundane things and you're gonna have exciting things and yeah, I think the balance is good. I think the balance of you or me going to work and then having that at a, a time to where you can release that energy is whether it's exercise or music is. I think it just means even so much more than just doing it mm-hmm. all the time, you know. Um that's true cuz yeah.
0: like in the you know the whole yin and the yang, there's no black without white, like there's no even gray, there's no you know you need to have a background in order to see the foreground. You need to have yeah, an up and up and low to,
1: to have that high yeah.
0: to see that down. Yeah. yeah. Do you have do you have any animosity toward you know, the, I know it was, you know, obviously governments that, um, and governments suck, but do you or the or it or was does... the
1: people and the people were really gung ho of like, yeah, we, we, this is our pride, Serbian pride. We're a yeah. proud nation. We are superior. You know, that it was, it was not just the government. I mean, yeah, the government held people's hand and fueled it, um, and enabled yeah. people, um, See, yeah, I but used to have like, an animosity. Uh, you know, I was a younger kid like I, if, somebody, if I found out somebody was Serbian, I would be like, I hate your guts. I don't want to look uh, at you, I don't want to talk to you, I don't want to be friends with you. And and, and, it, and it came to a certain point in my life just on my own. I was like, I can't I can't hold on to this. Uh-huh. You know, resentment, um, and anger and negativity and you just kind of, you. I think you either let it go or you let it eat you and mm-hmm. you develop other issues. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of wise enough even at a young age to be like, you know, move forward, forgive and not forgive, but like forgive in a sense and move forward because there's no going back. There's no rewind button. No matter how much you plead, pray, whatever it's reality is, this is your reality. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't have any animosity um towards Serbians, but I don't tolerate um that type of uh, nationalistic you know behavior or pride and yeah. And I'll and I'll definitely call out somebody on it and be like, hey, that's that's really, you know, not a good way of thinking about it because a lot of people just get it's a tribal mentality. It's like we're part of this tribe and you don't realize yeah. the kind of damage that it has done to millions of, of people or Bosnians at that time. Yeah. There's 2 million Bosnians displaced during 1992, 93, you know, and amongst hundreds of thousands killed. So, um, yeah, no animosity. Um, definitely something I never will never forget. Uh, yeah. But it's, it was definitely a life learning experience and a perspective changer. In my life, in the stillness. Absolutely,
0: it was a line, a line that you crossed, and your viewpoints, your vantage point was different. You know,
1: absolutely on, for yeah. everything. I was in outer space th- at that at that time. You saw <laughs> that, you saw planets versus just you know, yeah, the mountains.
0: I remember so ninety two ninety three. I was in eighth grade, and I remember the song Sarajevo. Um which is part of' that's Bosnia, right?
1: yeah, Sarajevo is the capital of it's bosnia the
0: capital right it's, it's a beautiful but um city i just i remember seeing a guy on the news in our classroom because we were watching I remember watching you know from the safety of my you know um <laughs> armchair classroom. But I remember watching this guy sing, and "I'll never forget the tune." I mean, this is what 93, so this is 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. 30 years. Yeah. Wow. Damn. Damn. Um, that Sarajevo. I never forget the song, you know. It was uh it was pretty impactful when I was, you know, 7th 8th grade. Um Yeah. I'm sorry yeah. that that had, uh I'm sorry that that happened to you. Yeah. But, but Yep. It is what it is, and with it, yep. you know, with the lessons we can learn from that, we can either try to hold off any kind of nationalistic movements in, you know, other countries or even this country. I see a lot of that kind of trying to take shape in this country, it seems like. and It,
1: it is, and it's on both ends, and it's um, hmm. it's over... I don't want to say first world problems but they kind of feel first world problems um but mm-hmm. but it is our but it is a problem and it's got it's some people it, everybody has different struggles and perspectives in this and yeah it's definitely the division is definitely fueled the, the interest yeah. is definitely to get you and I to bicker and not to see you know not to see who's actually mm-hmm. causing Who's stirring the pot, you know, to say, sort of say. Yeah. And people are easily, easily persuaded. People are they, people want to belong. People want to be in tribes. They want to have a clique. It's just primal human nature. It's part of our primal instincts survival to be like stick yeah. together. Pack and mentality. Pack mentality. And it's just some people just don't. I don't know if they do see out of that or see how blatant and obvious it is, but maybe they just don't or they don't care, or mm. I don't know. You
0: know. The crazy thing is, is like, if you were to separate any one person, you know, that thinks differently ideologically than you, if you were to sit down and have a meal with that person, you'd really come to find out 100%. that you're the exact same. Exact same.
1: Not, not maybe even the exact same, but at least you would. Or, you but would. as a human. Oh, right. Yeah, Oh Absolutely. Oh my God, this is just, this is all a facade, you know, we're all, Mm -hmm. always imagine us like the human beings, you know, when you blow bubbles, you know, the consciousness being the air, the bubbles being the individual humans, we're all different bubbles and shapes Mm. and we're flying higher or lower. And we're all like, man, look at me, I'm this bubble and look at me, I'm, you know, this bubble. And when we all pop, we're all the exact same, (laughs) same source, you know.
0: (laughs) That's true. That, that, uh, that's, that's, but we that's get good. we
1: get we get um not tricked, but we get duped into thinking you are your clothing, you are your haircut, you are your color, you are your whatever. It's just it's a fancy fancy suit of facade, and, and if you can see through that, and I think most people can. Again, I think we just get kind of sidetracked by our primal visual instincts (laughs) to a degree, you know, like that person is doing that. So they must be in that group or that person is doing this. They must be belonging in that kind of thought mentality. And it's, I think if, like you said, if people sat down, they would realize they have a probably a lot more in common and they could maybe even find, maybe find a common ground, even if they don't agree a hundred percent on it, at least they would be able to, um, have that interaction to this, even disagree. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Whereas like we're hidden behind the keyboard and people are just, there's no, you don't have the feedback loop of neurons. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I think when people do, you find like, oh, we, we can, even if I don't agree with you, we can, we can still get along. You know, we can have have a a civilized conversation.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I um I have a rule in my, in my when I'm doing procedures in my room or whatever, you know, I'll tell patients, you can say anything you want. You can drop an F bomb. I don't care. Just do, do not direct it at anybody. So if I'm numbing you up and you're like, fuck, that hurts. Fuck. I'm like, yeah, let it out, let it out. <laughs> but as soon as you direct any of that towards somebody that's where we're going to stop. And, um, you know, I, f- I find in those moments, you know, that it, it makes it very, um, it really brings the human out in, you know, in the, the experience and people are allowed or feel free to be free, but then they realize, you know what, we me just lighten up a little bit and, um, everything's going to be okay even if you you know you're dying of cancer mm-hmm. um yeah we need to have more conversations in this in this uh especially in this country but just among people we need to we need to be able to um really see each other for the, you know as the the child that you know if you can imagine Mirza is a little kid, and you know he has his whole life ahead of him. You know he could do anything he wanted. He could pick up that violin and be the next Yo Yo Ma. Um, he could do anything he wanted, you know. And then uh, that that if if I'm looking through your eyes as you as a small child, I mean it's bright, it's full of opportunity, it's full of, you know. And then, transform to now, and I look back at you. I look at you now, and though you have a, you know, an amazing life, I look through your eyes now, and and you know, you have so much to be proud of and thankful for, but whoa. You know it. It really. It turns, you as a another person into, a very visceral. Um, understanding for myself, you know, like empathy, you know, it really helps to, you know, empathize. Mm-hmm. And if, if people would do that with each other and realize that, Hey, this asshole that I'm talking to is a total prick at one point he wanted to be an astronaut too, or he wanted to do whatever. And then you look at him now, you know, he, he mows lawns or he, you know, he's a physician and, he's stressed out and whatever his life looks nothing like what he hoped it would look like when he was a little kid. And then you're like, man, he's just, you know, he's a broken, imperfect human like myself.
1: Um, Yeah. It's like we talked about, it's the duality of, you know, thinking the grass is greener, um, you know, Maybe a small few get to that point, but I I don't know maybe we place so much emphasis on this dream that results so early on of that you could be anything, you know. It's almost like setting up for mm. for failure in some ways. It's like maybe you I mean, yeah, you could explore certain, you know the things you're interested in, but how should I say it, that um, not everybody can be the things that they maybe set, set out to be, you know. Mm. Um,
0: that makes any weird sense. Not everybody sense, can be an why. astronaut. or
1: Yeah, right. Like you can be an astronaut or you can be the next great scientist. It's like, well, maybe not. You know, sometimes you also have to be a little bit more like realistic too, you know, like selling the idea like oh you could be a rock star if you just do x y and z or because i think it sets up a false sense of what is the word false sense of security or expectation for the person where you're let down Mm -hmm. maybe later on in life you're like well man oh i didn't i didn't become this thing that i thought as a kid i would you know so it's it could be a fine line where you when you like when the to tell my kids like, Hey, you could be anything you want. Like, you I mean you always want to encourage the things that they're doing mm-hmm. to their best their ability, but you don't, I don't want to oversell if that makes any sense.
0: Oh, I know. Absolutely. But let me, <laughs> let me ask you this <laughs> on those people who, you know, are worried about overselling is like, did you try? Like, I, I honestly believe with every ounce in my soul that, to achieve anything great, you're going to have to do some years in the trenches for sure. If, uh, even Jim Carrey said, you know, um, his dad told him like, you can always fail at something you hate. So why not fail at something you love? Um, if you're going to be a physician, you know, you're, you're looking at 12 plus years of trenches. You make mm-hmm. shit for money, working your ass off, and you're just getting beat down. And the reward will come out on the other end. Same with, you know, law. You know, granted, you're not in school as long, but you still have to work your way up to, you know, a partner or whatever till you're making big bucks and sell your soul to, you know, Satan. Um, not every attorney has done that. I'm just kidding. Let me just disclaim that. <laughs> um. But yeah, in the music world too, or, you know, art, you know, usually, you know, you're going to have, you know, you look at most musicians or most bands and they, they spent a long time in the trenches, but they kept, they kept at it. They kept going. Mm -hmm. And as long as their passion in my experience and what I've observed, because I obviously didn't do it, but as long as you stay true to your passion and you back it up with work ethic, like serious work ethic, and you know that you I am gonna have some time in the trenches. You may not be the next cold player, you too, but you should see some success. Mm-hmm. Unless you just, you know, obviously just have zero talent. Um, but then you'll know that right away. <laughs> you probably won't enjoy it as much.
1: Right. What- and that's and that's one of the things where it kind of I spoke about it earlier about music owing you something, you know. Um, like music, I, f- I feel like too many people expect that music owes them something because they have put time into something. You know, music is, compared mm-hmm. to like let's say being a PA. Like, yeah, you can put your time in because it's it's a little bit more linear. It's not as abstract as yeah. like music or art. Gotcha. Um, yeah, that's a good way to put it. You know, but with music, it's like yeah, you're going you can you're going to put yourself in the trenches, but there's also it comes at a cost as well. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's, you know, burnout or whether you expect you're going to achieve or you, you expect something to get from it. People have, I think too many people have an expectation like music owes them something like it, like, because they did mm-hmm. 10 years, like, oh, we should be, I should be having this amount of fans or I should be having this many views. I should be selling records. And they expect these things just because mm-hmm. it was hard and, and put the, the effort and all those things are valid. I just don't think music owes you any of that. If you happen to make it, it happens to work. Phenomenal. Yeah. But I think a lot of musicians or a lot of people maybe just get maybe let down and leads to other ways of coping with those um, maybe feelings.
0: Disappointments. Uh,
1: Disappointments. Yeah. But I 100% agree. Yeah. Be in the trenches. Do the work. And yeah, be persistent enough. Do it long enough. Eventually, you'll see success. Now, what that success might look like could vary, and like where your yeah. bar of success, which you want to achieve, depends on how you're going to gauge it. You know, like where if you're happy with that or not. So hey. I, we talked about earlier with somebody saying, you know, make your don't make your passion a career or a job or something. You know, mm. and, and that's something I kind of wish I could maybe go back to my earlier self and, and tell me like, don't. Like, uh, like uh, now I do music for my own sake, so doing music. Mm-hmm. I, pay, I play when I create, when I want to create. Mm-hmm. I'm not playing gigs that I don't want to play. I'm not a human jukebox. To me, that yeah. almost sounds worse than working a mundane Absolutely. job somewhere
0: else. So Absolutely.
1: You know what I'm saying? So for me, my I put all my passion still in all the things that I do when I was a teacher. And I... St- I still enjoy the benefit of having a steady income, making an impact on youth and still doing my music thing. Yeah. I wasn't a full-time thing. Yeah. I wasn't a touring musician. I wasn't playing every single weekend, but I also am at a different point now. I'm 37. I'm not 27.
0: Yeah. I don't want to be out
1: late playing. I don't want to be off the road, not seeing my family. Like it's maybe it depends on where you are in your stage in your life. And I knew earlier on in my life that I was like, I wanted to have a family and I wanted to have a stable family. Cause I know what an unstable family does to yeah. kids and, and I've taught for many years to understand where this leads Yeah. to. And yeah, it's sacrifice. Yeah. So yeah. It would be a selfish thing for me to be like, to put all my eggs in the music thing and do it a hundred percent. And that this is what I do because it's my, true calling you know and it's that's great some people do that but i don't want to miss out on. Not for, you. not for me because i value my family and my kids and yeah it's eventually you're going to be gone and you're anything you did is going to be gone but your kids they'll be around for a Damn little bit and longer long. and they'll be they'll be moving <laughs> on and hopefully they'll be moving on with their kids and and it's, nah. it's a long game thing, the long memory game of remembering dad, you know, right? and that kind of a thing. So for me, those are the timeless things like, yeah, the music thing. Yeah, that was would be, don't get me wrong, it'd be phenomenal to be a full-time musician where nah. I get to write my own songs, play in my own band and not struggle. But how many people do that? And the ones that do, congratulations. I mean, hats off to those that do, but. You know how many millions of, uh, you know billions of people don't. You know. Oh yeah, um,
0: that's definitely the case.
1: But I feel yeah. like I'm not missing out. Like honestly, I still get that's to good. play with going. I still get to play with my friends. Yeah, it's not as yeah. often as I would, you know, technically like. But I still get to do it. Yeah. And that's a privilege in itself that I still. If you're instrument, get, to, it, you get to leave your
0: house. You've 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 won. Yeah, Most amps get to guitars go, and amps pedals never get to go apps.
1: in the real mm-hmm. world. Absolutely, yeah.
0: And yeah, even if they don't the go
1: way. out, I get to record stuff at home. And that was the cinema within project, not relying on other people and being disappointed yeah. on relying on somebody else's work ethic or reliability. And that's cinema yeah. within came came along. That's so awesome. it's complex. You know, it would be nice to to do music full time, but I don't want it to come at a cost of Not having the financial freedom, not be able to provide for my kids, you know. Mm -hmm. Both my wife and I, we all came from a lower socioeconomic background, and now we're to the point where you know my wife has a really great career. Awesome. I'm in the process of getting a better position or a better, you know, career that is better for me, suited now, Mm -hmm. and. Like, I get to live in an amazing home, an amazing neighborhood with great neighbors, and it's safe. And what more desires could I really want?
0: Yeah. I don't no, know. I,
1: as I romantic agree, as it yeah. is, like, I'm a full-time pedal builder. Uh, it's great. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of amazing things, but that's also all I do. Mm. All I do is build. Mm. I don't – I really have time to sit and create them because I'm like, oh, I want to – Write some music, but because uh, I can, I gotta, I gotta put stuff gotta together build. so I can put out and hopefully make it by the end of the month.
0: Yeah, I you get know? it. I get it.
1: So, yeah, with music, it's a little harder. It's a little more mentally straining and taxing. Yeah. Um, it's not your one plus one equals two. It's uh, it can take a toll, and if you do some, the burnout is a lot more real it's than. Real. Maybe your mundane job, where you just clock yeah. in and you're there, you do your job, and you leave, and that's it. Yeah. Music, it's not. You can it's not like you can leave music. It's always there bugging you. If you, I think if you burn that candle too hard, like I did, I didn't want to, you know, I don't, I wanted to switch my whole career because I was like, I don't want to be in a music environment in a classroom. I wanted to do music on my own terms. I want to come, yeah. I want to play music. For my joy of playing music, go I back to what music was for me admiral. when I first started. For him. yeah, coming back home and and I'm a totally different person. Like That's awesome. a few months ago to awesome. now, it's like I'm away. I feel like I'm a way different person. Um,
0: lighter, probably. I imagine
1: lighter, more optimistic, more hopeful, more realizing that hey, I could do a lot of different things in this lifetime. I, you know, I don't have to be a teacher mm-hmm. for the rest of my life and physical therapy is something I, I always wanted to do initially but yeah. i don't want to say stupidly but i followed my heart and my you know emotions to be to do music and i don't re- really regret it but you know it it came with the cost to a degree yeah yeah um but I could have been said for if i didn't do that if i didn't go down the, the music route i would have been probably like man i should have gone to music school and you know, you can always look at it from the other side too, all the time. Yeah. Um, so it's it's not so black and white. Um, we're always going to want more. We're always going to, I don't know. So, yeah, so physical therapy is next for me. I always enjoyed uh, physical activity and motion. I love how the body moves. Uh, you know, I've done CrossFit for many years, Olympic lifting. I just enjoy the, the human body mechanics. Yeah. Like I'm just intrigued it by fascinating. how thin one thing could, you know, connect something over there that you, you never thought would, you know. Um, so I've always enjoyed that. Um, and who knows, maybe physical therapy, maybe I'd go to, ten years from now, I'd do something completely else. I don't know. There's... So I'm opening myself up to the, to the possibility of learn new skills. So like my new skill mm-hmm. that I'm working on is Know, programming and coding because that's another creative outlet it's you you're it's kind of like pedal building but it's more working with a digital platform hmm. um, and it's been a That'll lot be of fun to... i've been teaching myself and i've created a lot of cool things so far and a lot more to learn but it's a goal we'll get of mine. into
0: that in, part, in episode two
1: <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> sounds good man I...
0: I'll need to, I need to, we'll need to wrap this up. Cause I'm, I'm actually I'm staring at a, a battery that's blinking at me in red
1: not, blazing not lights worry, man.
0: real quick. And I hope I don't yeah. lose you. First of all, Mirza, thank you. Thank you so much for being Dude. vulnerable. Thank you for your time. Thank you for being real and human and brotherly. Um, I've enjoyed our conversation you, and I can't me wait too, for the next man. one. I'm going to ask like you what? one last this question. Was- yes oh i'm sorry
1: no i was gonna say this was a lot of fun thank you for um inviting me i was a little not nervous but you know hesitant but i'm, I'm really not a person that likes to um put myself out so much in a weird yeah. way i just kind of find it a little bit but i'm but i'm glad this was an, a challenge that i was like all right let's do a podcast let's do um, well, i'm glad
0: you did so i'm really happy
1: that, that you you chose me to uh, to do this
0: you know i i've enjoyed our conversation and i think um I just, I can't imagine people not enjoying hearing your story. And, um, it's, it's a fascinating well, one. We'll
1: find out in the comments though.
0: <laughs> Real quick. It's your last meal. Okay. We have a minute. It's your last meal. It. What are you going to eat? And who are the three people that are going to be there? We have one minute.
1: Last meal. Good ribeye. Smoked reverse yeah. to your ribeye. Sweet All potato. Right. All right slice side of pizza. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. So it, I'm, I love just there's something about a good ribeye yeah. and sweet potato and a side of vegetable that I could. It just brings me joy. It's the more Excellent. boring, healthy food. But if it weren't yeah. that, you can ask my wife. she would be like, yep, that's exactly what, we, what would he want for his last meal. That's, a, that's um, awesome. And it would Who's probably there? be with my, my family, my wife, and my two kids, three other people. That's, that's,
0: that's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's a perfect place to leave it.
1: Perfect place to stop, yep.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much, man. We'll talk Thank soon. Thank you, man. We'll do Absolutely. this again. And um, I wish you and your family and your mother the absolute best in life, and may you guys just flourish. Thanks, man. Appreciate it so much. You too. We'll talk soon. Hey, if you're digging to live terminally, please like and subscribe. And tell someone, spread the word. Let's all get on it. Let's get after it and start living. All right. Okay. Bye-bye.